I trust your Bibles have been prepared and we're in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. And I'll be reading verses 14, 15, and 16 this morning. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 14. The Bible says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious love towards us. Thank you for being our companion and being on our side. Thank you for salvation. And with salvation, giving us the gift of your Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, to draw us closer to you each and every day. Dear Lord, we are humbled by the fact that you would show us such favor. And I pray today as your word goes forth that you would use it in a special way to draw hearts to yourself. I pray that you would speak through the mighty power of your Holy Spirit and that as you speak, each and every heart would be receptive to what you have to say. I pray that you would save some lost soul. I pray that you would stir the hearts of every believer and that decisions would be made in accordance with your will. I pray that you'd give me the words you'll have me to say. Give me the strength that's needed, wisdom and the understanding. I pray that you would guide in every aspect. May you be well pleased and we'll be careful to give you honor and glory and praise for you alone are worthy of it. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Throughout childhood, there are various experiences and things that you witness that at the time would have had you in awe. And I'm speaking, of course, this morning from being a little reflective about my own childhood. And I'm sure for those of you who would have passed childhood can attest to a similar feeling and sentiment as you look back upon your childhood. There would have been times where what you saw and what you witnessed had you impressed, amazed, beyond belief. For me personally, one of those experiences, even though it might be considered simple, was going to our own local park, which at the time was called Grove Park, for a parade which happened at night. Normally, most of the parades will happen during the daytime, but this was a parade that happened at night and had the opportunity to watch a squadron of police officers march. And this was a special kind of parade where each officer would swing a baton. Now, I know we have people who listen by way of our uh, online forum and sermon audio, and so some may refer to it as baton, some may refer to it as baton. Whichever floats your boat, 
I just want to be able to clarify that because I remember years ago, I was in the U.S., of course, we were living there, and I was talking to, of course, uh, some of my friends from the U.S., and I said batten, and they, for the life of me, didn't understand what I was referring to. So hence my clarification. So either batten or baton, either way, we, I went to this parade, and it was called the swinging of the batten. And these batons, battens, they were lit and so the effect during this parade was a wonderfully coordinated routine of lights being swung through the air as the batons were twirled and tossed while the crowd would gasp and applaud in amazement. What added to the effect was one's attention to the various movements of the lights as opposed to the marching and the movements of the police officers who were the ones causing the effect. Now, I don't know, it's just me. Anybody you have attended a parade like that? All right, I do see some hands. It seems to be as it has uh, not been someone, something common recently. But I loved witnessing that. And as I prepared for this message and I thought back to this experience, I couldn't help but liken it to the directive given by Jesus to his followers in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, and in the text that we read, verses 14 through 16, in what is a portion of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. In these instructions, Jesus uses a, a metaphor referring to his ambassadors, his followers, as lights with a very important function. And as we find ourselves at the beginning of a new year, we understand that a new year oftentimes presents us with the motivation to set some new goals, to refocus ourselves, to align our priorities, to be consistent with God's will for our lives. And I trust that you are making some decisions this year. And as I contemplated our theme for this year at Child Baptist Church, the Holy Spirit drew my attention to this passage in Matthew chapter 5. You see, my friends, we are living in a dark, dark world. A world that has been made dark by sin. The darkness plunges people into despair. This darkness causes hopelessness. This darkness ruins lives. This darkness ruins marriages. This darkness ruins homes, communities, nations, and it is ruining the world. The good news is that this is why Jesus came to the earth. After all, Jesus is the light of the world. The disciple John spoke of Jesus as the light. And in his writing in John's Gospel, chapter 1, he was sure to distinguish Jesus from John the Baptist, who, of course, was the forerunner who spoke of Jesus. Listen to what John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 6 to 9 says. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to be a witness of the light. 
that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to be a witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man which cometh into the world. My friend, understand very clearly that Jesus uh, is the source of light. The one who lights the lives of those who have him in their lives. As such, it is critical then for those of us who name the name of Christ to shine our light in this dark world. I want to preach a message which I've chosen for the theme for this year at Shiloh Baptist Church. And I trust that each and every person, particularly those who name the name of Christ, who has the, have the light of Jesus shed abroad in our hearts and in our lives, that in 2022, that we will let our light shine bright. Listen, this is an individual challenge to each and every person. As I've challenged myself, I'm challenging each and every one of us. Listen, you are the light of the world, but we have to let our light shine bright. After all, it is a dark world. And so very quickly and briefly, I want you to jot this down and notice, first of all, as it relates to this command that we've been given by Jesus himself, the source of light. Understand that Jesus came to this earth and lived a perfect life for 33 and a half years. And he, he left an, admoni- an admonition to his followers. Listen, I'm leaving you, but I'm leaving you with the responsibility to light up this world. Let it shine. Let your light shine bright. Notice first of all, in order to let your light shine bright, you have to recognize your identity. Recognize your identity. Look at what Jesus said in verse number 14. He said, Ye are the light of the world. Jesus saying to us and he was saying to his disciples, you must understand that providing light is not just what you do, but light is who you are. This is a very important distinction to make and to understand. You see, to be something indicates that it is the essence of who you are. To do something, on the, on the other hand, indicates that it is a function that is performed in various settings or scenarios, but not in others. So Jesus is saying, I am not telling you you are to function as a light. I am telling you even more directly that you are light. There's a difference. I am a pastor. And it's important to me in this role, and I've learned from experience, to understand that I must be conscious of who I am, whether or not I'm performing what might be considered by others to be pastoral duties. 
We have teachers in here as well. I could use different professions. There's a difference when you are conscious of who you are and you function based on your identity as opposed to a function. When an individual does not function based on the essence of who he or she is, that person is likely to function out of character when the situation does not appear to be one where you're fulfilling duties. There have been times where I've been at a restaurant or a public place, sometimes on a different island, and I might be tempted uh, to, to think, well, no one knows me. And all of a sudden, somebody comes out of the crowd and said, Pastor! And I'm like, well, well, well. What if I decided to act a fool? What if I decided to cut up? It would have been a bad testimony. Irrespective of where we are, we must understand that the essence of who we are does not change. And Jesus is saying to us, by way of this thing called shining a light, listen, it's not just about performing a function or a duty. It's about being who you are. You are the light of the world. If we're going to shine our light brightly, recognize your identity. But notice, secondly, in that same verse, not only must we recognize our identity, but we must embrace all of humanity. Jesus said, ye are the light, but he qualified it and classified it. He says, you are the light of the world. He says, this light that you are shining ought to be for the benefit of all mankind. What that means is we have to shine our light everywhere we go. Everywhere. This light ought not to have an on and off switch. You got to shine your light at home. You got to shine your light when nobody is watching. Young people, you got to shine your light at school. You got to shine it in the classroom. You got to shine it when the teacher is there. You got to shine it when the teacher is not there. You got to shine your light on the playground. You got to shine your light on the job. You got to shine your light at church. You got to shine your light all over this world. He says, ye are the light of the world. Jesus, in giving the great commission as he was about to leave this earth, said, uh, go into all the world in Mark's gospel chapter 16 and preach the gospel to every creature. Our domain is the entire world. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. We must recognize our scope. The region, the territory that we have been commanded 
to provide light for. My friend, it is not just your room. It's not just your home. It's not just your school. It's not just Nevis. It's not just Sand Kits. It's not just the Caribbean. It's all over this world. We have to shine our light. We got to shine this light. We got to embrace all of humanity. We have to recognize our identity. But I love this. Notice thirdly. And notice we are talking about shining this light the best way we can. Thirdly, we have to maximize our opportunity. You got to maximize your opportunity. Listen to what Jesus said in verse number 14 and following. He says, A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth, what? Light unto all that are in the house. In other words, Jesus was saying, uh, when it comes to this matter of shining your light, in order for your light to be effective, in order for your light to shine the best way it can, it must be in the right place. When you enter a room, there's a reason why the light in the room is positioned where it is. It was a strategic and intentional decision. The light being placed in that room was placed there so that it can provide the most light possible in that room. Simply put, it's all about placement. If we're going to shine our light in 2022, we are going to have to be in the right place. So I'm going to give you a few things that we have to do to maximize the opportunity that we have to shine a light and shine our light in this dark world. Jot this down. First of all, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Now, normally, lights are delicately packed. If you go to the store and you buy a bulb or you buy a fixture, a light fixture, it's normally packaged very well. It has the foam and it has other packaging material to keep it safe during delivery. In other words, I would call it that that light is in a comfort zone. It's in a safe place. But in order for that light to be effective and for that light to perform its function and its duty, it has to be removed from the comfort zone of its packaging. If we're going to shine bright in 2022, we're going to have to remove ourselves from where we are comfortable. We're going to have to remove ourselves from where we've always been, where it seems safe from risk, safe from failure. We're going to 
even have to embrace some new challenges, some new endeavors that are going to require us to put our trust and confidence in God. We're talking about shining to the brightest level that we can. You see, oftentimes, we stay in the safe zone, don't we? But if we want to shine bright, we're going to have to attempt some things that seem beyond our human capacity. Now, let me give you some motivation as to why that's helpful. There's something inspiring and motivating about having done something that's beyond your own own human potential. You know why it is? Because it means that God got involved. Listen, when God gets involved, listen, it gives you a boost. Listen, you shine beyond what you thought were possible. If we only attempt the things that we think are within our finite mind, we are limiting our potential. And so if we're going to shine brightly, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. But here's the other thing you're going to have to do. You're going to have to stay connected to the source. You see, light requires a source to shine. Whether it's plugging it into an electrical outlet, whether it's fitting it with batteries, whether it's, uh, as we know, those lamps from long days, uh, those kerosene lamps, you had to have the oil. Listen, my friend, if you're going to shine brightly in 2022, we must stay connected to Jesus. And I'm talking by way of fellowship. In 2022, listen, we got to spend some time in the word of God. We got to spend some quality time praying. We got to spend some intentional time listening to good, solid preaching of the word of God. We have to spend some time meditating on the word. Listening to uplifting music. Memorizing scripture. We're endeavoring to stay connected to the source of light. Why? Because we want to shine brightly. We're going to stay connected to the source. But notice, I want to keep in mind, we're talking about maximizing. We want to shine brighter than we've ever shone before. Listen, if we're going to do that, here's what you got to do thirdly. You got to make up your mind that I'm going to be willing to shine in the dark areas. Listen, too many people just want to shine where there is light already. Shine in the darkness. We understand uh, the darker the night, the brighter the light. So You may be the only one in your family the only one in that classroom who's light. But guess what? Shine bright. Don't be afraid to stand out. Don't blend in with the darkness. That's your time to shine. To be different. After all, that's when your light will be noticed even more than ever before. And here's the thing. If your light is not being noticed in a dark area, let me make no mistake, you are not shining.
Young people, if, if, if you're at school and your friends are, are swearing and telling dirty jokes, don't try to fit in with them and copy them. Let them know that you are a Christian, you are a child of God, and you don't approve. Shine your light in the darkness. You're on the job and everybody's joking and sharing stories about all the rendezvous they had over the weekend and who they slept with last night. Don't be afraid of letting them know I went to church and I had a wonderful time in the house of the Lord praising and serving God. Shine your light. You happen to be watching a movie with friends or whoever and it's just filled with profanity and Words that are not consistent with how you speak. Don't be afraid to excuse yourself or ask for a different movie or do whatever you got to do, but shine your light. Shine in the darkness. After all, if it's dark, that's the time to let your light shine. Here's something else you have to do to maximize the opportunity of shining. You got to elevate your position. You notice that you're in a room that the lights are always elevated. That's for maximum efficiency. That's for maximum effectiveness. If you're going to elevate your position. In other words, here's what we have to do as lights. We got to raise our standard. Amen. Amen. The standard of our attitude, our actions, our appearance. You see, my friend, our responses to situations as light ought to be different from those who are not light. As light, our response to bad news ought to be different from those who are not light. Why? Because at light, we recognize that God still is on the throne. And this great God uses good and bad circumstances to accomplish his will. Listen, every day is not going to be good news, but I understand that God is able and he's still doing great things, even through the difficulties. That's an awareness of someone who is light. My response to being mistreated ought to be different than one who is not light. We don't have time to turn, but Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38 to 48. Jesus was in the same passage. As a matter of fact, we're right there. So why let's look at it. Jesus, on the heels of telling them about being light, he says, ye have heard in verse 38 that it had been said, an eye for an eye, but a tooth for a tooth. He says, listen, that, that's, what, that's what darkness does. But he say unto you as light, that he resists not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. I knew I would not hear any amen. I knew I would not hear, mm, mm, oh me, but not amen. 
And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh of thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. He have heard it had been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, in other words, you are light, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. After all, you are light. That ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Here's what Jesus is saying. He culminates it with a logical conclusion. If he love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if he salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans. So he's saying, if you just do what those in darkness do, guess what? Your light is not shining. What's the difference? You're the same. He says, if you want to be light, you got to be doing something different to another level. Every single person. I don't care if you've been saved five days, 50 years, wherever you are, the Holy Spirit wants to elevate you to another level. That's why he leads. He guides. He convicts. Listen, the Holy Spirit eh, eh, tells you what to say. Tells you what to do. Tells you where to go. Tells you who to be friends with. Close friends with. And the result of following the Holy Spirit is that your standard will be raised. There's no question about it. You will grow spiritually. Let me draw your attention. This is so very important to this matter of Raising your standard and shining at the brightest that you can. Look with me in Romans chapter 8. I want to draw your attention quickly, very quickly, to a few verses. Kind of giving you a a summary of Romans chapter 8. Because it shows the essence of the function of the Holy Spirit. In this matter of helping us to shine bright. Look at verse number 1 of Romans chapter 8. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This verse is giving a contrast, as it were, between light and darkness. It continues on in verse number 2, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. Notice the contrast. Now drop down to verse number 9. An important verse here to note. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Why is this so important to understand? He's saying here that if you don't have the spirit of God, guess what? You are not even a light. That's how critical the Holy Spirit is. If you don't have the spirit, you are not a light. 
And if you're not a light, well, you can't shine. Look down at verse number 21 to 22. He says, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Why am I pointing out this verse to us this morning? Because I want you to understand that there is a progression spiritually taking place that's being supervised by the spirit of God. In other words, what these verses are saying that because of sin, uh, sin has the entire human race and even nature in travail in bondage and the holy spirit is guiding that's what's called progressive sanctification to take us from a place of wherever we are to a place closer to where god wants us to be that's a continual process that is why verse 28 to 30 when you understand that in context you understand why a renewed mind understands that good and bad experiences irrespective of what they are god is working to make me shine even brighter to be just like his son so that i can read verse 28 and say and with confidence and we know that all things work together for good the good the bad the the difficult that all the things work together for good to them that love god to them who are the called according to his purpose for whom he didn't fool no he did also look at this predestinate it has been god's plan from the very beginning that we be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Look at verse 30. I can't resist it. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, them he also justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. What, what, is, what is Paul saying here? He's saying that God takes us from the muck and mire of this world, uses his Holy Spirit to guide us, to go, to help us to grow and to become more like God. He's shining us up. He's glorifying us. He's justifying us so that we can then shine as bright as we ever do. God look what he says them he also glorified it's god's will for us to be more like his son every day as such a believer should never plateau never reach a summit in your christianity doesn't matter how long you've been saved oh man that's all time stuff god is still in the shining up business Keep on growing. Keep on raising your standard to be more like Christ. Listen, there's always something to work on. There's always an area of improvement. And here's what I find that happens. And I can tell you this from personal experience and from observation. Those who grow keep seeing areas for improvement because they have become more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so the more they see to fix, the more they find to keep fixing. But don't be discouraged. You're becoming more like Christ. He's the standard. Elevate your position. But notice something else you got to do finally. You got to stay clean. 
light can be shining, but if the shade is dirty, it's not going to be shining brightly. Dirt, my friend, is a symbol of sin. Stay clean from sin. James chapter 4 and verses 8 to 10 says, Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Stay clean. And I said, finally. But that finally was on the point of maximizing your opportunity. Very briefly, and I'm closing here very soon. Here's what we got to do. We got to perform your responsibility. Verse 16, back in Matthew chapter 5, it says, let your light do what? So shine. What are you saying? When you're shining your light, do it to the best of your ability. In other words, don't be average. Make it a habit that whatever I do, I'm going to do it to the best. If I'm going to teach, do it to the best. If you're cleaning, do it to your best. If you're preaching, do it to your best. Singing, playing, serving. He says, let your light so shine. Perform your responsibility. I came across this story and I don't want you to bear with me. When I was in second grade and it's amazing how significant stories can have a profound impact on your life. And I remember in second grade, right up there at Prospect Primary School, teacher shared with the class a story about Booker T. Washington. And Booker T. Washington was born into slavery in the United States in 1856 and rose to become a leading African-American intellectual of the 19th century. And I remember the story and I researched it until I found and read his autobiography until I could find the story that I was told back in second grade. I don't want to share an excerpt from his autobiography with you regarding this aspect of doing your best at whatever you're doing. The autobiography is called Up From Slavery. And this is, these are Booker T. Washington's words. Understand that he's a slave. And he's referring to a circumstance in his childhood. Listen carefully. And just to give you a background, he wanted to get into a school to learn to read, which was not available in his day, easily. And he says, and I quote, as soon as possible, after reaching the grounds of the Hampton Institute, I presented myself before the head teacher for assignment to a class. Having been so long without proper food, a bath, a change of clothing, I did not, of course, make a very favorable impression upon her. And I could see at once that there were doubts in her mind about the wisdom of admitting me as a student. I felt that I could hardly blame her if she got the idea that I was a worthless loafer or tramp. For some time, she did not refuse to admit me. Neither did she decide in my favor. 
and I continued to linger about her and to impress her in all the ways I could with my worthiness. In the meantime, I saw her admitting other students, and that added greatly to my discomfort, for I felt deep down in my heart that I could do as well as they if I could only get a chance to show what was in me. After some hours had passed, the head teacher said to me, the adjoining recitation room needs sweeping. Take the broom and sweep it. It occurred to me at once that here was my chance. Never did I receive an order with more delight. I knew that I could sweep, for Mrs. Ruffner had thoroughly taught me how to do that when I lived with her. I swept the recitation room three times. Then I got a dusting cloth and I dusted it four times. All the woodwork around the walls, every bench, table, and desk, I went over four times with my dusting cloth. Besides, every piece of furniture had been moved and every closet and corner in the room had been thoroughly cleaned. I had the feeling that in a large measure, my future depended upon my, the impression that I made upon the teacher in the cleaning of that room. When I was through, I reported to the head teacher. She was a Yankee woman who knew just where to look for dirt. She went into the room and inspected the floor and closets. Then she took her handkerchief and rubbed it on the woodwork about the walls and over the table and benches. When she was unable to find one bit of dirt on the floor or a particle of dust on any of the furniture, she quietly remarked, I guess you will do to enter this institution. I was one of the happiest souls on earth. The sweeping of that room was my college examination. I never did any youth pass an examination for entrance into Harvard or Yale that gave him more genuine satisfaction. I have passed several examinations since then, but I have always felt that this was the best one I ever passed." End of quote. There's something to be said about doing what you do to the best of your ability. But imagine the earthly and eternal benefits when we are shining our brightest for Jesus. Let your light so shine. And then finally, notice, and I mean it, if we're going to shine bright, guess what the good news is? We're going to impact our community. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When it says shine before men, it doesn't mean that you give people a false impression. What it means is that as you are light, you are being watched. You will have a testimony. The question is what kind? Is it going to be good? Or is it going to be bad? And here's what the ultimate goal of shining is. To bring glory to God. In other words, make God look good. That's what it's all about. Whatever we do, it's not for someone to give us a pat on the back or a pat on the shoulder. It's to make God look good. Amen. To glorify God. That if someone comes across you, that person says, wait, I know them from before. I know them to be a particular way. But what I saw was completely 
different. It has to be that God did something in their life. And if God can do that in their life, I got to give him praise for it. Because nobody else could have done that. That's God getting glory. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's the kind of impact that we need to have in 2022. And I said to all of us, and to self included, let your light shine bright.